and welcome to the Yoga of Resilience podcast presented by Vera Bhava Yoga. I'm your host, Kelly Golden, here to guide you in an exploration of yoga and its relationship to resilience. I'm a writer, yoga teacher, dedicated practitioner, and exhaustive thinker, and I've been practicing and studying yoga since 1995 and teaching since 2003. This podcast follows my exploration of Sri Vidya Tantra and its direct application to our lives in all situations, on and off the mat. Through contemplation, conversation, wondering, and experience, we unpack the ways in which resilience is synonymous with the path and practice of yoga, and the ways that both practices support us in showing up whole and alive in the midst of hardship and challenge. Most of these conversations were recorded live with current Virabhava Yoga students, and you can find yoga asana practices affiliated with each episode on our website, virabhavayoga.com. These practices and conversations are guideposts on the path to living a resilient life. If you would like to explore with us more deeply, check out our programs at virabhavayoga.com and practice with our teachers online and in your area. Hi friends. In this episode of the Yoga of Resilience podcast, I get down and dirty with the truth of what yoga is and isn't. We explore the original definition of the word in contrast to how it is used in the modern industry of yoga. We talk about how yoga can be evidenced in our day-to-day lives as well as applied to our practice on the mat. We challenge the industry assumptions and regulations about the practice and teaching of yoga, and we encourage you to explore for yourselves. I hope this conversation provokes you to think more deeply about how you practice and share what we call yoga. Enjoy! Maybe you guys listened to the most recent podcast that was posted um, that I think it was called We Were Made for These Times. Uh, It was actually recorded a year ago, right about this time. So we're coming up on the anniversary of the weirding of the world, right? And the challenge that, that I put forth a year ago was to deeply question your yoga, Like maybe what we have come to define as yoga in our modern world was a grand experiment and we figured out that it didn't work, right? So a year ago, the safety and security of our yoga communities and uh, what we understood our practices to be and um, what we thought yoga was kind of got put under a great deal of pressure because it wasn't accessible to us anymore. And now a year in the future, I wanna pose a similar, maybe perhaps even the same question about what is yoga really, um, as we start to move back into maybe familiar territory of practicing in person together in community spaces, and um, or maybe that we're recommitting to our practice on our mats, Um, But I do think it's time uh, for us to have this conversation Um, again. And I perceive that it will be time regularly for us to question what we think yoga is because it's so easy to think that we know. 
right? It's so easy, especially if you're, you're in spaces where everybody's got um, a, a similar baseline of what yoga is. It's so easy to just assume that that baseline is accurate and true and real. Um, and I want to I say that maybe that's part of the danger zone. Maybe that assuming that we know what yoga is ever uh, is where we start to get into the territory of not practicing yoga, not experiencing yoga, um, not appropriately sharing yoga, um, when we start to perceive that we have some sort of authority over it. Um, so the same question that I asked you a year ago, maybe some of you were on that call a year ago, but the same question I asked you a year ago was this modern translation or interpretation of yoga just an experiment that might not have been right or accurate or correct? Um, and how would we ever know if we don't look at it as an experiment? Right? How would we ever know whether yoga was working for us if we didn't stop and question it? Right? So that's where we stand today as well. I do hope to close this uh, call today with a little bit of an experiential meditation where you get to have like a direct understanding uh, or maybe touch into uh, what I'm talking about. That is the gift of, um, of Tantra is it's not, though, though it is a philosophy, it's also an applicable philosophy that's based in experimentation and direct experience. And so if you're not experiencing what we're talking about, then, um, then there's room for growth and learning. Um, so though I, I think I, I throw out a lot of theory, I like to put my theory to the test um, immediately if possible um, so that you have the opportunity to feel in your body and to make real in your life uh, what we're talking about. So... Uh, the topic of today's call is, what is yoga really? Um, I have this incredibly interesting path of life that I have been fortunate and sometimes unfortunate uh, to be walking for the last 25 years, which is I'm a yoga teacher. Um, and it's been put out to me over the years in numerous ways, like, Kelly, maybe you should stop calling what you do yoga. And maybe you should not be a yoga teacher. Maybe you should be a life coach or maybe, you know, all these things. Maybe you should uh, change your title or, or approach it differently. And every time it's mentioned, it's, it's definitely something I lean into more and more and more up until about a year ago, um, questioning whether what I do I should call yoga to the world because what the world perceives yoga is is very very different than what we do at Virabhava Yoga but I couldn't let it go I could never release the idea that what I do and what we do at Virabhava and what as a lot of you know what Virabhava Yoga teachers do is teach yoga even when that looks different than what we're used to experiencing and seeing. Um, so I've just held on to it tightly, almost. It's a little bit of an attachment. It's a, I am not ready to, to disregard that what we do is yoga, and this is why. Um, though a lot of what 
Virabhava teaches and shares is physical-based work. Uh, and a lot of what our teachers go out into the world and share is somatic, experiential, body-based work that, that a lot of you guys know to be asana. Um, the way we do it is really different. And uh, most likely, and I don't know, I haven't been to everybody's, honestly, I haven't been to many uh, yoga classes in the last couple of years. But there's what we do is very much the same uh, structurally, but how we do it is really different. And I believe that that is what makes what we do yoga um, as opposed to just asana, right? So that's the first distinction. What we do on our yoga mats um, is called asana. And you guys probably already know this. So I'm just, uh, but it bears repeating over and over and over. We need to be reminded uh, what we do in our yoga mats is asana, and the word literally translates as to, as to sit with or to take a seat in. And a lot of yoga, yoga in today's world isn't inviting us to take a seat in our experience. Instead, it's, it's working towards this sort of systemic existence of uh, achievement and perfection and uh, commodity. Right? Yoga is something to purchase and then practice and then perfect and then master. Right? And, and then it just becomes a ladder to climb and something to achieve. And when I can finally touch my toes, right? How many times have you told somebody that you teach yoga and their response is, well, I can't even touch my toes. And it's the, the, the mind boggle of that reply Let's me. This is the whole reason that for 15 years I was like, Do I want to tell people that I'm a yoga teacher? Because you know, most likely, and I know that yoga doesn't have anything to do with touching your toes. It doesn't even have anything to do. I mean, and this might be radical. If you don't know me, I'm sorry if I'm about to shake your foundation, but yoga doesn't have anything to do with anatomy. Nothing at all. Yoga doesn't have anything to do with sequencing or uh, alignment, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Now, yoga can be experienced through those things, but those things aren't yoga. So I do as I often do, uh, I, like to, I like to be provocative. I like to put pokey questions out in the world and see what happens. Uh, and I put a, a, a friend of mine, has a, a podcast, an amazing podcast, Yoga Teacher Resource uh, Podcast, and uh, a Facebook group that I often infiltrate with market research questions, because uh, there's a lot of new yoga teachers on there, and I'm always interested in what new yoga teachers are thinking about yoga in the world these days. Uh, having done this for a while and, and continually doing it like I do it, I always wonder what people are thinking about yoga. And so I posted a question on there a week ago in preparation for this call that said, uh, what do you value in a yoga teacher training? And the top two answers were anatomy and business. That's what they value in a yoga teacher training. And I was, and so my next question, which has received zero response. So if you guys get on yoga teacher resource podcast after this and want to want to spark some conversation, you can answer this question. My next question was, well, what is yoga to you? Nobody answered it. 
And then I said, what is yoga to you? And what is, how is that the same or different to what it, as to what it is to your students? Right, because what often happens in, in a deep dive into what yoga is, is we discover that what yoga is for us might not be very marketable to the public. What yoga is for us, the way it transforms us, the way it makes us feel, the way it opens our eyes or expands our awareness, it might be hard to sell. Right, it might be risky to talk about. And so we have a tendency to have this split, ironically, for those of us who perceive that yoga means union, a lot of yoga teachers are, are, are separated, they're fractured between what they have experienced yoga to be and then what they teach as yoga out in the world. And I find that the most interesting piece of this yoga game is that we're running two scripts when yoga is very clear that the, the goal is to whole, right? And it makes me wonder, first of all, it makes me wonder why we think we're getting the experiment right, the experiment of yoga correct. If we're silently practicing this one thing, but then loudly teaching something else, right? And is that thing that we're teaching based in what we've discovered and what we've learned and that space of an ability to hear ourselves, or is it based in fear and liability and concern and worry, right? Isn't that interesting how immediately we do what's called V-yoga. We split our yoga apart, and, and it becomes two things. And I want to say, hell yeah, what an amazing place to do your yoga. What an amazing foundation or or. Uh, ground to work with in your discovery of what yoga really is. So the very first thing, which might not land well for some of you, but the very first thing is yoga is not anatomy. It's not alignment. It's not correct sequencing. Uh, it's not asana alone, right? Yoga can be experienced through asana, but it is not asana. Ask Jack Lulane, right? You guys remember that guy? Ask Jane Fonda. Like you can just stretch and look like yoga poses and not be doing yoga. And here's the thing too, is you can sit in front of a computer and type all day long and be doing yoga all day long. I know. How? I'm going to tell you. Maybe. I hope. I'm going to share what I've discovered about it. So the root of the word yoga, and if you've done a training and if you've spent some time in study, you already know this, so it's not a huge surprise. But the, the root of the word yoga is huge, Y-U-J. And it means to yoke or join. It does not mean to unify. Mind blow number one. Yoga doesn't mean union. Now, I don't mean to discredit your studies because I do think there is the possibility and the threshold of crossing into union when we are able to truly join with an experience. And I know some of you well enough personally to know that you have experienced the union that can come from the yoking or joining. But it's not what most people are doing. And it doesn't mean joining body, mind, and spirit. It means joining life with what is. 
It means joining self with reality. So if we're using our yoga as an escape from what is, it's not really yoga, y'all. It's that interesting and ripe ground of discovery that can lead to yoga. But if we're going to yoga class because our lives are hard and we need to escape it, we're not practicing yoga. And if we're teaching our yoga classes as escapism from the intensity of life, then we're also not teaching yoga. And I know, listen, I take a risk every time I get on this tiny little box and say these things. I know that this might be incredibly difficult and even offensive if you have come up through a system that has taught you that yoga is love and light and harmony and shanti, 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 peace. Like all, yes, it is all of that. And it's also the chaos, the madness, the insanity, the anger, the rage, the fear. It's all of it. Because it is this thing that you are choosing to join with whatever is. Whatever that is for you. And for all of us, maybe it looks differently. But whatever that reality is, not the desire that we wish it could be, not the perfection of it, but whatever reality is, when you make the choice to join with it, that's yoga. It's full engagement. Even if you don't like what you're engaging with. Right? So, yoga is not a system. Oh, I should be really careful. Yoga, as I interpret it, (laughs) Peter's on the call, so he's ready. He's ready. Yoga, as I interpret it, is not simply a system of mastery. Now, I do recognize that the yoga of Patanjali and Raja Yoga talks about mastery, uh, and I really enjoy that conversation. Um, but I don't perceive that there is an end point where we have reached our ultimate perfection and then we're done. And I do recognize that a lot of people go to yoga and practice yoga and work on yoga in that sort of ladder climb of mastery because it fits really well with the worldview that we've learned that if we can just get ourselves right enough if we can know enough, if we can understand enough, then everything will be great. Right? The thing I've been talking about recently uh, to some friends of mine is how many times have you said, I don't know, in the last week, if my partner, children, boss, parents, friends could just get their shit together, I would be great. Right? Everybody, thank you for everybody I can see nodding their heads. You know what I'm talking about. And this is what modern yoga sort of gives us this illusion that we will be great once everybody gets on board with this mastery and perfection. Right? We're, we're perfected because we are doing our down dogs 
and our chaturangas and our tadasanas and we have maybe hypermobile bodies and we can achieve these beautiful forms. Maybe we're even doing our pranayama and we're clearing all of these channels in our bodies. Maybe we're opening our chakras and now why is everything still hard? Because they can't get their stuff right. Right? That might be the biggest misconception of yoga, period. That as you perfect yourself, you're great, and it's just everybody else that keeps you from being awesome. And what I want to say is, if that's the belief system of what yoga is, we're missing the point. Because yoga means to join. Not to separate not to perfect oneself and demand perfection of others. Not to create division between my mastery and your unlearnedness, your ignorance, right? Like that's not the point of yoga. The point of yoga is to be so deeply attuned to who you are that you also can join with what everything else presents what every piece of reality offers you. And that there's not the desire for reality to get right before you step into it. So yoga isn't at its heart an escape. It's an entry. It's a joining with. So how yoga can come through anatomy and through all of these systems that are... uh, I just got a I just got an email from Yoga Alliance yesterday and it said, "Thanks for being a part of our voluntary <laughs> system of yoga registry." Voluntary. So, whatever Yoga Alliance volunteers or whatever I agree to to participate in voluntarily, whatever they say is important is somehow what has become important in the world even though my friends, the last time I talked to Yoga Alliance on the phone, which was about 2 years ago, they didn't have any idea what yoga was at all, at all, yet somehow we have determined that the system of, of uh, determination, we have determined that the Yoga Alliance system is what we all need to align with. And I think, great, do your anatomy if you're doing yoga as anatomy. Do your Sequencing, learn all of your alignment if you're doing yoga as alignment, if you're doing yoga as sequencing, if you're doing yoga as theming, if you're doing yoga as philosophy, then yes. But anatomy, sequencing, alignment, philosophy alone is not yoga. And I hope that doesn't bum you out because this is what I'll say. Yoga is your innate state of being. You can't achieve it because you've never not been it. Ever. There is no amount of learning or study or information that can make you a yogi. Because yoga is the remembering, the joining with the truth of who you are. 
You want to study anatomy? Be in your anatomy. Live in your cardiovascular system. Feel your muscles and connective tissue. Get down into your colon. If you want to study and understand anatomy, join with it. You have it. It's in you. You carry it. If you want to learn how to sequence a yoga class, try not listening to anyone else and get on your mat and let yoga come through you. And then share it. And see how it comes back to you when other people experience what came through you. If you want to learn yoga philosophy, then dare to experience it. Don't make it an academic pursuit. Make it a lived one. And it's not as hard as you think when Krishna says that that it's better to do your own duty poorly than it is to do another, another person's duty wisely. What would it be like to dare to experiment with that? To dare to be you at all costs, even if everyone around you is saying to be different. That's yoga. That's what it's like to live the philosophy. And it's terrifying, y'all. I'm not going to deny that on any level. And I know that there are a lot of you on this call that have experienced the terror of living your yoga. But what is it like to join with that? That's the invitation. Not to perfect it, not to master it, but to join with every experience as it comes, as fully as you have the capacity to join with it. And when you hit that edge where you feel like you just can't anymore, that's where your practice starts. And your practice may look like a mat practice and it may look like a cushion practice as you start to grow your capacity to join with more. And then what happens is everything gets to be more. Life gets to be more and more and more. And we don't have to diminish and demand and control and slough off and make everybody right so that we can be at peace because we will have space to join with more and more and more. And that's the game of yoga. The joining, not the reducing, not the diminishing, the joining. Patanjali says yoga is chitta vritti narodaha. Yoga is the cessation of the fluctuation of the mind stuff. Yoga is the space that never ceases to exist inside of you. It's the space between when you don't think you're doing yoga all those little moments when you're like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Oh, I'm not doing it right. Oh, I'm not doing it right. There's a fraction of a moment in between all of those thoughts where you're just being who you are. That's yoga. Go into the places where you're just being who you are. And then slowly, it takes a lot of time there's a reason why that sage grandfather of Raja Yoga said, 
Yoga is to be practiced for a long time without break and with reverence. A long time is more than an hour once a week. It's more than an hour once a day. It's more than a year. It's more than five years. A long time means a lifetime. And the gift of yoga is that it can be a lifetime practice. You never run out of opportunities to join with life. Ever. So yoga gets to last forever. As long as you breathe, there is an invitation to join with where you're breathing, how you're breathing, what you're breathing in. Right? So yoga gets to last forever, a long time, without break. He doesn't say just that hour and a half that you're on your mat, that's when you're doing yoga. He says without break, it means that yoga is a second by second, millisecond by millisecond practice. It never stops. Ever. Because you are it. When you join with wherever you are, you are in yoga. And it doesn't matter whether you even own a yoga mat or not. But if you do and you want to learn how to share asana with the world, can you join with the experience that you're having when you're on your mat? Can you join with the reasons we say internally rotate this, externally rotate that, breathe this way, do that? Can it be more than just this script that we perform because someone told us that that's what we're supposed to do? Yoga is the process of becoming your own authority, taking everything into the testing ground of your own experience, and then coming out with something to offer that's true for you and creating no requirements that it's true for everybody. How about that? Offer it and then allow the response to come back and see how that makes you want to refine or what inspires uh, a shift or a change of your own perception by having your experience shared with other people. It's, it's a radically different way of moving through the world, and it definitely uh, pushes back in the face of a lot of what modern yoga is. I get it. I know. I'm not going to stop saying it's yoga. I'm not going to stop encouraging everyone I know to experience yoga like this because it gives the opportunity and the space for everyone to experience yoga as they are not as they're supposed to be right so if you're on my last Thursday call I, I, I was critiquing this um first of all let's be real there's a technology that way exceeds my understanding and TikTok is one of them I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know how to work it. Um, I don't know anything about it. But what I do know is I, I, uh, I'm not on TikTok, but I, I'm on Instagram. And so I watch TikToks on Instagram, which I'm being told by my 16-year-old and 19-year-old is giving me a false perception of what TikTok is. I don't know. Anyway, um, but there are these TikToks where there's people considered to be authorities in the yoga world today that are telling you, what not to do and what to do. 
And I want to know, does that work for you? Is that yoga for you? Are you joining with that as true and real and experiential? Or are you just trying to follow the rules? Because yoga has never been about rules. And it's, I mean, no wonder we're overwhelmed and question, and maybe you're here because you're trying to figure out what rules I'm going to tell you to follow. I'm going to tell you to take every single one of those rules and put them to test on your mat and in your life. And if it doesn't work, then it's not really a rule for you. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to implore you to take your authority back and discover what yoga is, not from somebody telling you what it is, but from the daring to experience it fully from inside. And then maybe the next step would be to dare to share what you experienced with other people without the requirement that they do it like you told them to. And you know why that's so hard to jump onto is because it scares the crap out of us. It makes us fully accountable for what we say and what we do. We can't point the finger at someone else. Well, they told me to do it. That's how they said to do it. Right? One of the biggest things that happens in a Virabhava yoga teacher training is people said, well, gosh, my teachers told me something completely different. What's right? How am I supposed to know? And we're like the worst people to ask that question to because what do we say? We say, I don't know, go get on your mat and find out. (laughs) Explore it for yourself because that is the nature of what yoga is. Join with the question, with the fear, with the friction, with with the complete mystery, with the worry that you're getting it wrong. What happens when you join with that? What will you discover? And whatever that is, that's yoga. If you dare to go towards it, that's where you'll find yoga. I do have notes. I'm really bad about this. I've just been talking for the last 37 minutes. I haven't looked at my notes a single time. So now I'm going to look at my notes in the last few minutes. If practice with the intention to join with the reality of what is, you can experience yoga in any process, any practice. So you can experience yoga in asana. And that's why maybe that's why asana is so popular these days. Is because it is a place where we we have, based on a lot of factors, energetics, um, inner wiring, the way that it's presented, the intention behind it. uh, It is a place where we can start to have a taste of what it's like to join with our reality, right? When you can move into the flow of experience, sometimes asana provides us that. I, I, I encourage you, and this is a big piece of yoga, is per, persistent self-inquiry to question whether what you're experiencing is that joining with or is it just the comfort of disassociation or is it just the comfort of Um, a community of people around you? Or is it just the comfort of uh, excelling at something or perfecting something? 
right? Because all of those are comforts as well, but they might not be the same as yoga. So what is it like when you have those incredibly profound experiences in yoga class? What brings that profundity to your practice? Is it the soundtrack? Is it the way you breathe? Is it the alignment directives? Is it the setting and the people? What I'll say is if it's outside of you, if that's how you gauge your success in practice, it's probably not yoga. If, if you say my yoga is great because it's anything outside of you, then we got to dig deeper. It might just be the endorphin rush of exercise. Right? Different than yoga. And you can experience yoga in that, right? Do you see the complexity, the layers of this uh, cake? Is that you can experience yoga in everything, but everything's not yoga. And I want to say maybe most especially not every yoga class is yoga, though you can experience yoga in it. (laughs) Yoga is a willingness and awareness It's a commitment to show up to exactly what is in any given moment. Exactly what is. I have a friend that calls it turning into the skid. Have you ever uh, hydroplaned? It's a horrible, scary experience. But what do they tell you? They tell you to turn in to the skid. Turn in to the cyclonic, out-of-control terror. Go towards it. Don't resist it. Don't go away from it. Don't try to change it. That turning in is yoga. And it feels not like love and light. It feels not like peace and harmony. I want to offer that the idea that, that... Samadhi, liberation, enlightenment feels good might be the biggest myth and fallacy of the yoga culture altogether. Enlightenment or free enlightenment or samadhi feels liberating, but liberation is terrifying. And so if we're using yoga to seek a feel-good experience, it's most likely not yoga because we're not bringing awareness we're not bringing full participation we're not daring to turn into the thing what if you don't internally rotate your inner thigh how does that feel and how do you know how it feels that those questions are the questions that lead you into yoga not the perfection or the doing it right Uh, Yoga is the willingness to show up into what is as you are and to become a part of the story. Not a part, not away from, but to engage with, to join with the story that you find yourself in. Not to cure it or to fix it, not to deny it or master it, but actually become a character in the story. So I tell people recently, mostly my advanced students, yoga is not plot development, it's character development. 
right? So if we're using our yoga to plot our course, right? I'm watching on uh, social media. God bless this thing called social media. I'm watching on social media how we're, uh, so many people are like, here's where I was in, in my, in my uh, Hanumanasana in my full splits three years ago. And here's where I was two years ago. And here's where I was a year ago. And then six months ago. And now look at me in my full splits. And I can't help but think, well, how are you inside? Like, good job getting your ligaments super loose and your hamstrings and quadriceps super open and your pelvic floor really stretchable and your back really, like, awesome. But that doesn't show anything about yoga to me. It just shows physical prowess. And yoga is so much more than that. Now, the body is an amazing, this is a time for another call, Next quarter, we'll talk about this. But the body is an amazing place to experience yoga. But the performance of the body is not the same thing as yoga. Right? So what does it look like for you to go onto your yoga mat and develop your character instead of your achievement orientation for some sort of perfection? In my opinion... I would like to take asana away from everybody that's flexible and give it only to those that are inflexible. If I could rule the yoga world, which I would never do, I wouldn't let any hypermobile people do asana. Because that's not where you're going to find your yoga. Only, only at the edge of what is. It's where you're going to find your yoga. And if you're hypermobile and doing uh, prasarita padatanasana and putting your head on the floor, there's no edge there. For the most part, hypermobility and people doing asana doesn't lead to yoga. It leads to injury or uh, performance. But ask those amazingly hypermobile people to sit in meditation for an hour and be with the truth of who they are and turn into the skid of what comes up. That's where you'll do yoga. Yeah. Uh, yoga cannot be consumed or perfected or achieved or mastered. So that's when, when everybody on the, on the, the top two what do you look for in a yoga teacher training game said anatomy and business. I wanted to say, so you're wanting yoga to be a consumer product. That's not yoga. Now you can experience yoga in capitalism, believe it or not. I dare you to try. It's great fun, but it's not yoga. The business of yoga is a practice of you joining with what is in running a business where you're sharing yoga with other people. It's not having full classes. It's not having the most cool choreography or the most amazing soundtracks or the coolest shirts, although I'm a fan of really cool shirts. But that's not the same thing as yoga. Yoga can be experienced in it, but it's not yoga itself. When we are yoga, 
joining with our innate state of being and daring to join that innate state of being with everything around us, then we are in yoga even when everything is a total mess. We are, yoga is, our yoga is not broken or lost when somebody pulls out in front of us at a stop sign. Our yoga is not broken or lost when our lover comes home and says, I don't want to be with you anymore. Our yoga is not broken or lost when we lose. It's not broken or lost and it's not gained when we gain. It is our innate state of being, our willingness to join with whatever is in any moment and let that be the story we are living as fully as we can. That's yoga. Page two. So how do we learn and teach it? It's perfect timing. Nice segue. We refine ourselves over and over and over. And there's lots of ways to refine. And there's lots of systems that we can access for refinement. And I believe that at its essence, what we know, what we perceive yoga to be is just a system of refinement of self that can keep turning us back in and back in and back in. And we can do that through understanding the body more. We can do that through wise sequencing, through the wise use of energetics, through pranayama, through asana. Absolutely, those are all processes of refinement of self and we can do yoga in them all. We can, in order to learn and teach yoga, seek out the spaces inside of our own lives where we are separated from what really is, and then move tenderly into those places. So every place that you experience a a division, a place where you are not joined with the experience of your life, that is a place to practice. Not to avoid, (laughs) but to step into, and I think tenderly might be the key word there, with loving acceptance of the fact that maybe you didn't see it before. Maybe it's new to you. Maybe you've been overlooking it or ignoring it. Maybe you've been fighting against it actively. Maybe you haven't been approaching your asana practices yoga and instead of damning yourself for it or critiquing yourself, be tender with yourself and invite yourself into a new way of exploring your asana. We can stay aware of how our encounters with ourselves affect us and inspire us and pain us. And then we can share them with others. We can take those internal experiences and use them as thresholds to join with others. And that, to me, is the mark of a skillful yoga teacher, not... And guys, I've been doing this a long time, and I've studied with some top-notch teachers. I've been gifted in that way. I've been, it's been a blessing. But no matter how excelsior the teacher is, my recognition of the 
power of yoga has rarely come from their alignment cues. It has rarely come from their knowledge of anatomy. It has rarely come from um, their swag. Although there's some cool yoga swag out there. My understanding, my experience of a phenomenal yoga class has been when that teacher comes to the mat or comes in front of a class and dares to share what they discovered in their own practice as true for them with all of us. So it takes this amazing level of courage and vulnerability to be a good yoga teacher, not an amazing level of uh, academic knowledge. It takes an amazing commitment to the experience of practice where you are trying, not even trying, where you are releasing, surrendering to the possibility of feeling yoga in every moment and then gathering your inspirations and your suffering and your pain and finding a way to share that with other people. That's yoga, y'all. That's the joining. We learn and teach yoga by bringing our lessons forward and exploring how these lessons impact every experience that come after them. Right? I have a teacher that says time is a spiral, so we get this opportunity to come back around to all of the shit in our lives over and over and over again. But because time is a spiral, Tantra says that too, just in case you're wondering. If time is a spiral, then every time we come back to those lessons, we get the opportunity to bring what we've learned with us and experience everything anew every time. So if you've been practicing yoga for a long time, guess what? It could be new every time. If you've been in a relationship for decades, it can be new every day. Because it changes as you change. <sighs> These are my closing statements. As I, you guys can then, you are the judge and the jury, so you can give me the feedback after this. <clears throat> at, at VBY, we strive to teach yoga and everything. And you guys, some of you guys know this because it's, excruciating. We strive to show up and be in yoga no matter what's happening. And it is maddening for most of us running on structures and systems that are telling us that that space inside is not what we're supposed to be. But if you can keep turning in and keep turning in, then eventually that space opens up. And then what happens is we all get to be who we are together. And there's no requirement for being perfect or getting things right. Matter of fact, mistakes and pain and, and misunderstanding are welcome in the space of yoga. We strive to practice not only on our mat, but also in our days, in our work, in our relationships, on the drive to the grocery store, in the produce aisle, in the frozen food section. It's all yoga, all the time. We strive to join with the lived, potent experience of absolutely everything we do. And it's amazing and kind of crazy. 
But life is rich that way. We want to share that. So if you've encountered a Virabhava yoga teacher, they're over the moon to share how juicy life is. And it may look like a down dog and a chaturanga, but it may not. It might look like tea. It might look like a walk in the woods. Whatever it is, it looks like being alive in the moment that you share. That's yoga. Being alive together. Daring to join with wherever you are and whomever you're with. That's yoga. We want to share all of that and we've learned and discovered along the way what's worked for us and what hasn't. And that we're also excited to share. We're not brand new to this game. So we bring our lessons with us. And our lessons might not be your lessons, but sometimes, because of the beauty of our common humanity, they might be. So philosophically, the word shraddha means trust in those who have walked the path before you. And those guys at Virabhava Yoga, myself included, we've been walking this path for a while. So our desire to share yoga is just to bring forth those lessons. Not so you can avoid them, oh no. But so when they come to you, they're not so unfamiliar. Um, when we share our lessons, whether it be on our yoga mat or our cushion um, or in the dance of life, uh, the point is to give you the opportunity to experiment with them and see if they work for you. And you, at Virabhava Yoga, you have full right of refusal. No, that didn't work for me. I don't like it. There are people on this call that can attest to that. It didn't work for me. I don't like it. I got to do it differently. And that is a full yes. Because we are also beautifully unique and our yoga is so beautifully unique. We also try to help create the boundaries that allow you to make all of those experiments in a safe place. And then we poke you a little when we start to go blind to ourselves. That might be our most skillful thing at Virabhava. If we start to forget who we are, or that yoga is in everything, we, uh, we poke you a little, just a little. Sometimes a lot, that's a lie. Sometimes we poke you a lot. But only if you want to be poked a lot. So we like the yoga that brings the good stuff and the beauty and the joy, you know that. But we also like to bring the hard stuff and the pain and the difficulty because yoga is the joining with it all. And we're here for it all, right? That's our game. So what's on the horizon? I'm going to lead you through a a very short meditation. It's a juicy one, though. Some of you guys have done it with me before. Um, To try to give you a little taste of this, and then uh, then we'll go about our days. Uh, I do want to say uh, what's happening right now at Virabhava is we've got two trainings that are open for registration, um, both of them a 200 and a 300 start in July, um, online, but we're getting really good at this online thing and we like it. Uh, so if you're interested in studying or you know somebody that is, please let them know. Um, we're also in the process of creating a Tantra yoga meditation, a Tantra meditation teacher training. So to teach you guys how to do and teach and share 
uh, tantric style meditation. It'll be about 100 hours of training and practice. Um, we also are working on a, a complete program. It doesn't have anything to do with certification at all. Oh. Uh, you, can, you can have certificate but at the end, but you'll have to make it for yourself. Uh, f- about resilience. So we're going to be doing a yoga of resilience program. Uh, those things will be coming up probably in the fall. Just keep your eyes out for it. Until then, join us twice a month on Thursdays for community class in Yoga of Resilience. And um, yeah, keep in touch. Ask questions, send emails, info at virabhavayoga.com or directly to me, kelly at virabhavayoga.com. Uh, we appreciate you showing up for these calls and sharing them. Uh, as I told a group of people on Thursday, like share them with the weird people. We don't do normal here. We don't even try anymore. So if you've got normal friends that are like curious about being super weird and, and living into all of the difficulties of life, tell them about us. But if you've got friends that are just looking to avoid the pain, uh, don't maybe tell them about somebody else because there's tons of yoga trainings out there. <laughs> We're not the only one. So send the normal people out and the weird people in. Yeah, that's the game. All right. You want to meditate? I think it'll be a functional meditation. So if you're not in a place, if you're driving, there's a couple of you guys that don't have your uh, cameras on. If you're driving or walking or uh, playing with knives, maybe don't close your eyes. That'd be weird and dangerous. And I don't want the liability for that. Uh, But I do think you'll get the most of this if you do close your eyes and sit tall. So here we go. So take a moment just to feel your breath. So words are shakti, words are prana that are exchanged and shared. They have energy. So check into how you are receiving and responding to the energy of this conversation. Allow that awareness to dance around into your body. So notice how you feel in your chest in your belly, in the bowl of your pelvis. Notice how you feel in your throat and in your head and in your skin. And then imagine, please, in your mind's eye, something perfect, anything, anything that makes you feel like everything is perfect, amazing, untouchable in its harmony and peace and bliss and joy. Picture it in your mind's eye as if you're looking at a photograph of it or a reel. Notice who's with you. Notice the setting. Maybe you're on a white sand beach in the Mexican Riviera. Notice the scent, the light. Your company.
see if you can form that picture pristinely, so much so that it feels real. Maybe it starts to feel more like a memory than an imagining. And now please hold this vision in your mind's eye, but release all of the people from it. Now it's just you and the place and the perfect time. Alone, but completely fulfilled. Look around and take it in and feel the felt sense, it's called a bhav or bhavana, of this perfection. And now little by little start to remove the scene, the place, the time. Those experiences that make you have sensation, just start to let it fall away. Still holding that bhav of perfection and beauty and bliss and joy, but not requiring the scene or the stage for it to be any certain way. So now you are alone in a timeless, placeless, felt sense experience. And now be with what's left behind when all of the requirements go away and all that's left is the feeling. This feeling of perfection that is emanating from inside. that can be felt and experienced regardless of the scene or the company or the time or the place. You have access to it always because it's you. It's not other than you. This, my friends, is yoga. Take a deep breath in and out. Then you can lower your chin to your chest if your eyes are closed. Blink your eyes open gently. And to come back. Hi folks, we hope you enjoyed listening. If you would like to access the asana practices affiliated with each episode, please check out our webpage, www.dirabhavayoga.com backslash podcast. And take advantage of our online classes 
programming and apparel by using the discount code PODCAST2021, all uppercase letters, to save 20% off everything on our website. That discount code is PODCAST2021, all uppercase. Thanks for listening.